everyone. Uncle Dad here, and we are. I'm very excited about this one because one of my favorite things that we ever talk about on the show, and normally Mike would be here to, to reminisce on the good times, uh, is retro gaming. And I'm very excited to speak to an organizer behind the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Uh, let's give it up for Toby Wickwire. Toby, how are you? I'm good. Thanks. Uh, so, you know, just if you can really fast, can you just give an introduction to yourself and what your role is into the Portland Retro Gaming Expo? My name is Toby Wickwire, and I am the vice president of the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. So we have a board; it's a nonprofit, and we're all equal partners in it. And I'm I'm one of those partners. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's exciting because I think retro gaming is so much a part of. I would say most people, right? I mean, maybe you agree with that, but you know, to uh, a certain age. right, right. To a certain age, right. Exactly. So I am curious, what is the game that when you think of retro gaming, like what's the, the, the quintessential retro gaming uh, game for you? Uh, NES or Atari. I mean, as far as a specific game, maybe Atari uh, Adventure. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. I think Adventure is seriously one of the best games ever made, even though it obviously goes way back. You know, we actually had the CEO of Atari on the show and uh, we talked about that with him and he was very passionate about that game as well, too. Like Adventure is such something so, there's something so special about that game. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a unique game, very simple, but not really like anything else. Oh, yeah. Not like anything else. And then another one I always like to mention for that world is uh, Haunted House. I think it's called, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that was a great one. And that's yeah, being remade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Lighting the matches. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I think it's great to know that there's a passionate person behind uh, this, uh, you know, this amazing expo. So let's talk about what sparked your interest in being a part of the retro uh, gaming expo. So I was a big collector of retro games and uh, buying and selling them. And I sold things at a few different conventions. And then when the Portland Retro Gaming Expo popped up in 2006, I set up at that show. It wasn't called the Portland Retro Gaming Expo at that point. It was in Vancouver. Oh. Uh, but so after being a vendor at a few shows, I started to know the people that were running it and just got involved there and helping as the show was growing. Awesome. So you've seen it really change then, I guess, huh? Wow. Yeah, from like a small flea markety event at a hotel uh, event space to giant you know, 10 or 20,000 people weekend event at the convention center. Wow, that's 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 amazing. When anybody gets to experience that, like from the day one to like where it's at now, because like I always imagine like Comic Con, right? You know, Comic Con. You know, I, I you know, our, my co-host Mike has, has been going there for twenty years, so he got to wow. see a lot of it change. And so, like when you talk about that, I can only imagine because retro gaming has been, I would say, in the past what ten years, maybe five years, maybe ten years. It's been like really blowing up. Would you agree with that? I would say ten. Yeah. 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 Now, what do you think is responsible for the interest of retro gaming? Like, what do you think kind of like ignited that fire to get people like, man, I want to be involved in this? I think people just have this for things of their childhood and with retro gaming i'd say it's a little different where people are trying to spread that joy that they have with these for these games with other people that didn't experience them that are younger their children or other people and just with the in popularity of like youtube and people showing off these old systems and games and i think younger people get interested in it that way yeah Whereas if that was 20 years ago, they wouldn't have really had a way to see these old games unless they knew someone that had one. Right. Ex exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, that actually kind of goes into my next point is, um, 
talking about your guests because you have a guest, I would say, that's probably one of the original pioneers of the retro gaming explosion, which would be the angry video game nerd. Um, yeah, yeah. He's the kind of person that if he makes a video about a game, there's all of a sudden way more interest in that game. For sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it wasn't always like that. I remember like when he first started, like, you know, it was because, you know, the early days of YouTube, he was one of the original stars, I would say. Would you agree with that too? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely in the video game for sure oh right and so what was it you know i, I now i don't really know you tell me if i'm wrong here he has not been to uh a west coast show before ever i think right yeah yeah he's been to the retro gaming oh he has oh i'm so sorry about that okay awesome two years ago okay got it got it but this is his first time he's coming with his band as well right <laughs> That's that's true. <laughs> okay, yeah. So for those who don't know, know, know what we're talking about, we're talking about the angry video game nerd, and uh, you know, look him up on YouTube. Super superstar, I would say for sure in that in that world. Uh, but he also has like a video game rock band, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's exciting. Now, do you uh, do you um, are you a fan of his music as well? <laughs> I have not listened to it. Uh, I know some other people in our group had, and yeah. they were like, "Okay, this is this is pretty cool," and. I, I've seen some comments online that it seems like some people really love it. Yeah. Some people, not so much. <laughs> but you know what? That's okay, right? I mean, that what divides yeah. us brings us together at the same time, right? <laughs> so there you go. That's so funny. So I'm talking about the guests. Um, what other guests would you like to mention for our audience to know about that are, will be there at the show? Uh, one that I'm excited about is uh, Lloyd Kaufman from Troma mm -hmm. Entertainment. That's super exciting. You know, they're going to have a big booth with the Toxic Avenger and throwing off some new games and stuff. I think that's going to be really cool. Um, who else? I mean, there's so many great talented people going. Yeah. They're all. And it's not my area, so I'm, I know it. Like, <laughs> but I'm not the one that's like made this decision. That no this worries. Something. Yeah, no worries. But you know what? I, the names I do kind of want to highlight with you and, you know, yeah. is um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pat the NES Punk. Yes. You know, another YouTube star. Another, yeah. Another controversial character. Very much so. Very much so. You know, I don't, I, you know, I haven't kept up, kept up in a while, but I know that he was controversial at one point. Right. Uh, you know, but, but I think honestly, like, I don't know. I, I, I sometimes I feel like we have to do that to stay relevant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he's a cool guy. He um, definitely has a strong opinion about everything. And I think that's what people like about him. Whatever's going on in the world of video games you're going to hear his take on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and I think that's okay, right? Like, that's okay. As long as we're yeah. speaking in a healthy way, right? Like, whatever, you know, yeah, no one's yeah. getting hurt, right? All opinions yeah. are welcome. Yeah. Um, and then another one um, is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Warwick, Warwick, no, no, right? Warwick, Warwick I want to say Warwick Davis, but I'm wrong, I think. No, no. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his work too. Uh, he did uh, He did the Atari games. Uh, he did E.T. Howard Scott. Warshaw? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Howard Scott Warshaw. Yeah. I always get this name mixed up. Yes. Howard Scott Warshaw. Yes. yes. <laughs> they're they're of the same era, but they're very different. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So you're going to have the, the man behind probably one of the most infamous games of all time there. Um, yes. And he's yes. doing a panel? Yes. He's done a few. It's so funny because he made one of the most infamous games and also one of the best games. Because he made Yard's Revenge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's true. And I feel like people remember that, but they always remember E.T. <laughs> and I think it was just a terrible situation. Yeah. Like no one could have done it differently. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what's weird is when, 
I was a kid, nobody thought that game was bad. Really? Like, it was just a fun game. It was hard. But as time went on and, you know, people started reviewing games and, you know, thinking back on it within the history of games 10 or 20 years later, then it kind of became famous as being so bad. I mean, it was a it was a financial flop, but that was just because they made, I mean, they sold a ton. They just made too many. <laughs> Do you think E.T. is one of those games that's more of a misunderstanding than it is more of a bad game? I think it's a little of both. both I think okay. it's too hard. Okay. It's for a, a kid or someone that isn't, a, you know, crazy good video game player. Sure. Right. And I know at some point Atari put like an extra little sheet in there with like tips. Really? On how to keep from falling in the hole. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Uh, see, so, and that's what I love about like when you talk to you, uh, other fellow retro collectors and stuff, because somebody will always know something that you didn't know. And like, I love that. Cause like, I never knew that I knew a lot about ET, but I didn't know that, uh, it, they packaged at one point little tips in there and stuff. Wow. That's so cool. You know, um, I think when we talk about, and it's so funny because I think Atari, Atari has been so prevalent in my life for some reason. I don't know why I was, that was like actually passed before my time. Uh, but like, you know, my co-host Mike, he's in his forties and he's, uh, you know, very big into, um, that nostalgia as well. And Atari just seems to always come up now. Are you guys doing something with Atari at this show? Yeah. So Atari age is one of our centers. that's always there, been there for years. They make new games for old systems. Nice. They were recently acquired by whoever the, the uh, current Atari company is. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, changed hands many, many times. Yep. But so they are going to have, they're going to be there with Atari age and going off think that new console nice yeah that you're the six uh 2600 plus right 2600 plus. yeah yeah i'm excited to to see that uh in action because if, for those who don't know too the atari 2600 plus you can get that uh, i think you can pre-order right now uh but it's a um it's an it's an original atari 2600 but it can play 2600 and 7800 I believe, I so. and uh, I it, so. but it's built with an HDMI out, so you're able to play it in with uh, modern uh, consoles, which I mean, modern TVs, which I think is honestly pretty exciting. I don't know, like I mean, I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah, because that changes like the concept of collecting now, and then it even adds more value to that now, right? Like as a collector yourself, more people are going to be included now in buying and playing these games. Yeah, like because the old hardware is kind of flaky, mm -hmm. unless it's like your hobby and you like taking. <laughs> Apart and tinkering and replacing capacitors and things. Yeah. Like, it, I, I don't know. Half of them don't work the way they should. <laughs> right. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So it's nice to have new hardware that you know is going to work and you can play your old game. Absolutely. Yeah. Play your uh, 100 copies of combat. <laughs> uh, so when we talk about planning and execution of, of the overall events, you know, I, I'm curious, uh, what is some of the, what's been some of the, the challenges for you in, in planning such a large scale event? I think one of the biggest challenges is that we all used to live near Portland. And so we had in-person meetings and we had easy access to our equipment. Now, most of us don't live there. I live in the Netherlands. Some people live in Seattle. It's just, so we, all our meetings are online, obviously, but it's just, it makes a few things more difficult because of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and it's funny too, because you would think that, you know, after the pandemic, right, the idea of connecting online would be easier, but you know, and I can t tell you this from experience too, even with doing the show, it definitely can be so challenging <laughs> connecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We just like, you know, we have all of these systems and TVs that need to be tested. Yeah. And this stuff used to be stored at my business. Got so it. I could do it with right. some friends. 
now it's like uh, difficult to find a group of people that can all get together at the same time yeah. and go to a place that the support that doesn't have this bit of access. And just it's it's a struggle, all those kind of things. For sure, for sure. But I, you know, it's um that's always a part of the uh, quote unquote fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you when you talk about um you know the execution of everything, what what um. Are you responsible for driving like a different range of uh, gaming experiences and activities for gamers, or is that somebody else's? Yeah, I'm sort of the middleman between the PRGE board and the people that we get arcade games from. So I'm organizing that with some of the people from Ground Control and some other collectors. Um, so that's one aspect. I work a lot on media, PR stuff. Nice. Um, overall planning of the show is what we have meetings. I mean, we've had meetings at least every two weeks, yeah. four weeks. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, you're hitting crunch time, right? I mean, you know, when yeah. this, this comes yeah. out uh, Friday, October 6th, and then yes. so it'll be the following weekend. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, it's got to be the next seven days are going to be so stressful, right? <laughs> <laughs> the previous seven days have been and the next seven days. Be. <laughs> now, are you, will you be president as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm flying on on monday okay awesome awesome uh so you know what is so when you finally get to see the execution what's like the biggest reward for you as a planner uh the biggest reward is definitely just seeing the excitement on people's faces when they get to play these computer game systems and arcade games and meet these old programmers and celebrities that's that's really the biggest benefit for me is just being able to see that. and also I'm pretty good friends with a lot of people that are vendors at the show and attendees. They're just seeing them in person once a year, basically now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you're talking about con life, you know, we do a lot of cons on this show too. And it's, uh, it, it's so great when you say that, cause it's like once a year, you know, you get to see this group of people that you don't really get to see, but for some reason it's almost as if you didn't, like you didn't go that much time without seeing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's such yeah, a special yeah. thing, you know? Yes. Um, and a lot of you have some connections on social media and stuff, but it's not the same as when oh, give them a hug or a high five or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what are some of the um, other than the guests and stuff? What are some of the like uh, activities that you would like to highlight for the event, if you know some? Yeah, so we're gonna have our normal auction that we have. That's another one of the things that I'm in charge of. One of the people in charge of so a live auction, and it will be like we have done it in the past where it's live only, not online. Last year we did it a little different. Okay. Um, what else? I, you guys have a whole entire uh, like arcade area, right? Yes. Yes. There will be 100, 200 old arcade games and pinball machines. Wow. Yeah. All, all free play? Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. We really, really try to not have extra money besides the pass to get in. Right. I mean, sometimes you have to. You get a vendor or a guest, but the only way to get them is we have to charge something extra, but generally we try as hard as we can to just have it. The admission is it. Right. Yeah. That, and that makes sense. Right. And I think as, as a con goer, we want that, right? Like this, the, Hey, my, I spent my 50 bucks or whatever it is. I get to come in and everything's included. Right. Like, you know, everything that on a base level would, would make sense. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think, uh, and that's actually the next thing I want to talk about would be the, uh, the tickets you have a, you have your standard ticket option, but you guys have a, like an upgrade option, a VIP option. Yeah. This year we, we had a lot of people ask in the past about something like this, some sort of special treatment, get in early, get some special things. So we haven't done it before this year. We thought, okay, we'll give it a try. Uh, and it, it's been a lot of extra work 
to align these special products that are, you know, going to go to these people that bought the power pack and coordinating, like, how we're going to give them a benefit at this part of the show and this part of the show. But I, it's not for everyone, but I think it's going to be good for the people that like that special treatment and also people that really want to get in first. Yes. They're looking for that specific thing or deal. Yeah. That they feel like they're not going to get unless they're in there. For- okay. Um, can you, do you say um, what's included in that power pass for the audience? Yeah. It's a special t-shirt, um, uh, special seating for some of the panels nice. and the auction. Nice. Uh, enamel pin, I think. Nice. Um, and you get in early to the, sh- an hour early to the show, I think. Yeah. The hour early is big. Up in front of me. <laughs> yeah i think the hour hour early in my opinion is always a big thing because especially like in yeah, these kind yeah, of cons yeah, yeah. You, you can find okay, the deal yeah already seating panels already seating live auction exclusive t-shirt enamel pin poster lanyard 10 percent uh discount discount on prg merch nice and then the hour earlier nice and then our uh, the people that want to buy this they can buy that as its own ticket, or do you need to buy a GA ticket with this as well? No, it's included. Included, got it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty that's pretty good perks, man. I mean, there's some out there that are like, I've done some cons, man, where it's like they you pay you know hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, whatever it is, and like they don't even have a VIP like line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that sometimes it's like hundreds to meet a guest, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you get your five seconds to take a photo or stand next to them and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which I actually wanted to ask you about that is, um, are each guest, uh, are they, the autographs aren't free, right? Like each guest is going to charge. No, I kind of leave it up to them, but okay. I don't know of any that are planning on charging at this point. Okay. Um, we, we used to have it. Like if you are a guest in a panel, then we set aside a, time and space for them to do autographs some people did not want to do that so we're not doing that for everyone we're giving them a place where they can go if they want and sign autographs got it i I can't guarantee that no one's charging but i don't know if anyone of course yeah that's fine and that makes sense too but i mean still the fact that you know there is a chance that you can get like your fate like you know somebody you really you know are a big fan of and get that possibly for free or you know less cost less that's awesome um You know, so one of the big things I love about cons are uh, the community engagement of aspects of things. So what was your uh, aspect, like, what was your involvement with the, the gaming community to plan this expo? So we have a team of volunteers uh, that volunteer at the show, mm-hmm. and they've been helping plan the show for months as well. We have nice. meetings with them, their feedback. Um, we always try to ask on social media, like, what you're looking for, what to see. There's a Facebook group that is not our group. And it's kind of affiliated. So there's a lot of crossover in that group between vendors, attendees, and our show. So that's kind of another way that we engage with people. Um, I don't know. I think that's about it. Okay. That's, I mean, that's great. That's actually a great answer. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I think, you know, involving involving the community is very important with any of these events, right? Like Comic-Cons, you know, music events, whatever they are. We need to involve the community, right? Uh, and, I, and what I've found interesting about uh, your guys' expo is that 
that you know when i look up like hashtags and stuff there's so many people who are so excited and so involved in this community so i'm so excited to 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 share this with our audience who don't know about it and hopefully they can get out there you know if we have a strong listener base in, in portland so i'd be kind of excited to see them there um yeah cool. when you when you think about um this expo what is going to be like the first thing that you do when you're on the floor like when it's set up yes yeah, so when it's all set up and you, know, you I can don't enjoy get to it. enjoy things at the show. Ah. I, I really <laughs> never do. I'll be in the office putting out fires, uh, just filling in whatever needs to be done. Once things are kind of running smoothly, then I'll walk around and talk to vendor friends and see what they need. But I've I've literally never been to a panel at a video game show in my life. Oh wow! Well, one time I did security. I did stand there, but <laughs> I just, I'm always doing something else. The, the life of putting something on with such passion, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so talking about uh, the future, what is the future of the retro ga- uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo look like? So this year we already grew in physical size, nice. which we've been trying to do for a long time, but it's, it's hard to get the space at the convention center if you want more space, then the dates are more limited. Well, it finally came together this year, and I believe next year we're also going to have the same extended space. And this year it was kind of like not last minute, but we didn't have as much time to plan on that extra space. I think next year we'll have some better ideas for using that space. But we would like to expand more into the tabletop gaming, nice. other nice. things like that. Yeah, you know, in tabletop gaming is a uh... It's also a thing that's kind of really blowing up right now, right? I mean, is there, I don't bring up a good point. Is there a a retro gaming tabletop? (laughs) I've never heard of that. I'm sure there is, but I bet they're not that big. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because I was thinking like, I go, what would that be? I guess, yeah, you play like a retro tabletop game, right? (laughs) That'd be interesting. Um, So... Let's talk uh, about um, you know when, when we when we're wrapping everything up here because I'm so excited to uh, to really just push these this this amazing expo because I think there's not enough retro gaming expos out there. I mean there there is some out there, but I think what stand makes yours stand apart in a lot of ways from what I see is that there's a lot of passion behind it and there's so many so much diversity in your guests. I mean there's so much diversity in your events. Like there's so much to do at this event, uh, and I think it's a hard thing this fine end of a good retro gaming expo like we have some out here in california and um they're they're good i think some of them are really good uh but there's also some that are a little uh i guess lackluster is the word word i would use uh but i'm very excited to see this vision come to life uh so before we wrap up was there is there any last uh minute insights you would like to share or any like uh any experiences that you just want to share to the audience to get them excited well related to what you just said i i think what makes our show different is that we are volunteer run nonprofit. Nice. So I don't nothing that makes us better. It, it we make different decisions because it isn't that every decision is based on squeezing the most money out of the thing. Right. Obviously we have to make money to continue to put the show on. Of course. But it's not choose this thing because we're gonna make more money by doing this. So 
I think it just makes the experience overall different. And I think that is the best way to put it because when you're not thinking out of a place of money, when you're thinking out of a place of how do we make the best experience? Because all that comes hand in hand, right? You create the best experience, yeah. the, the money will come in or whatever it would be, right? Like the, it just, and that's what it always is about. It's always about showcasing the passion first, right? Um, so the uh, last thing here, uh, can you tell our audience uh, where they can buy tickets and uh, when the show actually is? It is October 13th through 15th at the Oregon Convention Center in Portland, Oregon. And you can get tickets at RetroGamingExpo.com. That is awesome. Everybody, go do it. And we're going to have that uh, link also linked to this episode so they can click it and just sign up right there. Uh, Toby, thank you so much for taking the time. It seriously was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I, I, I love well. talking to people about their passion for video games and retro games. And, you know, I, I, I actually, I have one last question for you. A little, little off question here. Are you currently playing any video games now? <laughs> video games. <laughs> <laughs> but you, cause, cause you're too busy. That's the thing, <laughs> you know, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> My wife is playing some uh, cat game on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, <laughs> I actually think I might know what cat game she's talking about. Are you talking about? It just came out. Okay, yeah, I, I actually might know because I think I've seen that on Reddit right now. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't matter if you play now because you played back then and you're a retro collector and that's all that matters. Uh, so please go check it out. Uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Uh, you, the link will be in the bio of this uh, uh, episode. Uh, and I guess before I forget, uh, we will be there as well. Uh, Uncle Dad Talks will be there representing press. And so if you see our hats around, say hello. And hopefully I get to meet you, uh, Toby, if we have time. Yes. That would be incredible. Yes. Uh, take care, everybody. And we'll see you all next week. <laughs>